Good morning. It is time to get up with the Super Bowl for the ages. We'll tell you why this year's quarterback matchup isn't like anything we've ever seen in our biggest game before. Meanwhile, the D in Big D stands for Big Decision. We'll tell you why the Cowboys' latest call puts their two most prominent people directly under the microscope. And then, did Sunday's stinker accidentally open the door for a homecoming unlike any in the history of sports? All that and more as we get up with you starting right now. On a Tuesday, we got a squad ready to roll. Let's go! Graziano here. Chris Canty is fired up. And guess what? Your old teammate Marcus Spears, the big swagoo. Hello! Along for the ride. Oh, they got drafted the same year to the same team, and now they're back together again. We'll get to all the football in a minute, but first, Canty, you like the Lakers? I love the Lakers. Yeah, Not you last night. Yeah, you wouldn't have loved them last night because those two guys were sitting on the bench watching in Brooklyn. Nets, Lakers, and it was Kyrie Irving. Patrick Beverly has had some issues with the officials in the last few days. He doesn't like the call there on the Kyrie foul, and I was getting teed up. Yeah, it's not as epic as the technical that he got against the Boston Celtics when he showed the ref the foul on LeBron James at the end. That's right. He didn't bring a camera with him this time. Now, third quarter, Kyrie taking over. Look at him taking it to the hole. His son's excited. It's a four-point game. Now we're early in the fourth, and it's more from Kyrie. Tell you what, he's been terrific since Kevin Durant got hurt. Uh, they were three and six in those games going into last night. Improved to four and six as they turn defense into offense, and they're out on the break. Absolutely, and Kyrie Irving is extra motivated because he's let it be knows he wants a contract extension in Brooklyn. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he gets one there or maybe he finds someplace else. A three, four steps there don't make much difference. Irving, 26 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and the Nets get the win, 121-104. So they are on a little bit of a, a mini roll, if you will, in the absence of KD, while the Lakers are in the opposite situation. They've lost three of four. They continue their road trip tonight here in New York. They take on the Knicks. Assuming he doesn't miss any games, LeBron James is on pace to break the all-time scoring record in Los Angeles, either against the Thunder or the Bucks. That would be towards the end of next week. We'll have Tim Legler in our studio a little later this morning with all the hoops for us to do. In the meantime, let's get to the NFL, where history is sure to be made at Super Bowl 57 in any number of different ways. Let's start with the current Chiefs and former Eagles coach, Andy Reid. He'll be the second person to be the head coach for and against a single franchise in Super Bowl history. Dan Reeves, the only other. Glendale, Arizona, the site of the Kelsey family reunion. Kansas City's Travis and Philadelphia's Jason. First-time brothers will square off on the field in a Super Bowl. And then with Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, it's the first matchup of black starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. They will also be the youngest Super Bowl starting quarterbacks of all time. And so as we watch, and again, let's bring it out and, and just take a quick moment of what we saw over the weekend as we start working our way towards uh, the end of next week. Again, Dan is here. Chris is here. But Marcus, I'll just start with you. Watching that game on Sunday, for all of the brilliance we have seen in this early career of Patrick Mahomes winning a Super Bowl, winning an MVP, and everything else he's done, there was something about watching him in a game that many people didn't expect him to win against a quarterback that many people thought was coming for his mantle as the best in the game and doing it essentially on one leg. There was something about that that felt to me like that was the defining performance of his career to this point. What do you think of that, Swagoo? Gee, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And, and, and it's funny, man, when I was watching Pat during this game, I said, I think he's better than we thought he was. Mm. And I know that's crazy because we've seen him do a phenomenal job, the success that he's had early in his career. But not only did he have to play from the pocket, he couldn't rely on all of those crazy plays that we've seen, even though he made a couple. And then let's talk about the will to win. Like, we got to attribute that to all, all of the stars, all of the guys that we think 
um, are in on levels that other people can't reach. At some point, they got to play through some adversity. At some point, the chips will be stacked against them. At some point, they are going to have to deliver in those moments. And I thought that was, you know, I thought that was central to what Pat did. But I go back to playing from the pocket. We all we, we always have these statistics and we got the greatest researchers on earth when it comes to finding stats that support our claims. But I watched Patrick Mahomes against the Cincinnati Bengals be limited with his health and still be a dominant passer from the pocket. And the most important thing, he didn't throw the football to the other team. And that mm-hmm. was the difference in the football game. I think he's better than we thought he was. We talk about improv, moving around, the no-look passes, all of the things that we lauded him for. Him winning like he wins get lost in that. Him being in five AFC championships and now about to go to his third Super Bowl gets lost into all of that until we get to this point. But what he did down three receivers – Minus Travis Kelsey because the Bengals committed to not letting Travis Kelsey get the football. He found MVS. He found other receivers. And then when a play needed to be made, he showed the guts to say, man, forget this ankle. I got to go try to win this football game for my football team. He's better than we thought he was. It's amazing because we already thought he was as good as anyone we had ever seen. But the great yeah. ones, Chris, they beat you. They don't beat you because they're they're more physically gifted. They beat you with their head and they beat you with their guts. And that's what he did on Sunday. No doubt about it. And Greeny, this reminds me of something that LeBron James said way back when. He said he was chasing ghosts mm. because there was no equal, there was no peer for LeBron James when he was in his prime. He was chasing the ghosts of Michael Jordan and the greats of yesteryear. And I feel like we're falling into that territory with Pat Mahomes right now. Think about this, G. Pat Mahomes is tied with Tom Brady for the most playoff wins through their first six seasons in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And he's still got one more game to play. It's unbelievable what Pat Mahomes is doing. He's in the Super Bowl every other year. This is going to be his third Super Bowl appearance. That's what we attributed to Tom Brady. Tom Brady, 10 Super Bowl appearances in, what, 22 years? Think about that. That's what Mahomes is teeing it up for. But the guts that he showed in that game on Sunday against the Bengals, it's Jordan-esque. He keeps having moments like this in the playoffs. We saw one last year in the divisional round with 13 seconds left against the Buffalo Bills. A couple of years ago, he had a high ankle sprain against the Browns in the divisional round, came back and threw for over 400 yards and blew the doors off the Buffalo Bills. He keeps having these special moments on the biggest stage that the game has to offer. It really is Jordan-esque. It's like he's doing a, a, a jigsaw puzzle, and the end result will be his career, right, when it's all said and done. And, and the end result could very well be he was the best player of all time. Like yeah. that, that is the trajectory he's on. I'm not saying he's going to get there, I'm not say, but he, that's where he's headed, right, if he continues to win. And so Sunday was a piece. It was a key piece, right, that, that unlocks another big chunk of the puzzle. And when we, if he has the career it looks like he's having, then what we will do when it's over is go back and say, what do you remember? Oh, remember that day against the Bengals when he only had, when he's limping around? Yeah. And beat, right, remember that day against the Bills when he had 13 seconds left? Like, these, these are the things he's doing. He is the best player I've ever seen, and he, he can do things that other people can't. 
He was limited on Sunday and still did the job. And I think that's when you talk about the great players, that is that is an essential aspect. RC said to me on the radio yesterday, this was his flu game. You know, mm. we were the Michael Jordan yeah. comparison. This was his flu game. This is what, mm. but we'll see. He's got maybe he's got to seal the deal. We'll see if they're able to do it. So we work our way forward again. And again, I mentioned in that Super Bowl, you're gonna have the two brothers going head to head with Jason and Travis Kelsey. First time we've ever seen the two players on the same field at the same time. We'll talk more about that as we go. Much more Super Bowl conversation. But next stop is Dallas where it was announced on Sunday that Kellen Moore will not return as the offensive coordinator, and it took about eight hours for him to get a new job. Uh, what this means is that it is very possible that Mike McCarthy will take over the play-calling responsibilities. In Dallas, our buddy Dan Orlovsky had these thoughts. They have to hire an offensive coordinator. You're firing yourself if you don't. This is a team for two years in a row that's got clock management issues. Now we're going to take the head coach who's struggled with clock management <laughs> issues and give him the burden of being a play-caller, so... 100% higher an offensive corner. So it's, it's worth pointing out, because Dan and I did the exercise this morning. They will hire an offensive coordinator. That right. doesn't Someone mean that that, that, that person yeah. will call the plays. And you were going through it all. Head coaches, offensive-minded head coaches calling plays at this point is not rare in the NFL. It's, it's, it's almost 50-50, right? There are 28 teams that currently have head coaches. Now, if we assume McCarthy's going to call the plays in Dallas and Frank Reich's going to call the plays in Carolina, that means 14 of the 28 head coaches are offensive play callers as well. So, yes, it's very, very common. And that's just that, – again, that's all coaches. Like, the, uh, the, there are some defensive head coaches that call defensive plays. Right. Uh, but it, it's – it allows the coaches that do it think it, it allows them some degree of control over the game, right? You can dictate the action to some extent. So that's why it's appealing. And it seemed like McCarthy missed doing it. And he did it in Green Bay. He it, did it, for it, a time. There were times where he did and times when he yeah, didn't. Yeah, toward the end of it, they took it away from him. Right. So here's what I found myself thinking about this morning. And, and, and Dan has made the point that the contract is set up in such a way that Mike McCarthy might not be the only one in a prove it or it's over in uh, Dallas season. This might apply to the head coach. In fact, I think we all believe it does apply to the head coach. Might it apply to the quarterback as well? There's no question about it in my mind. If Dak Prescott can't prove that he's the guy, then I think the Cowboys will look to transition away from him. But at that point, that's Jerry Jones punting on competing for a championship with this core of players. And I'm not sure that he's ready to do that because, as I've said in the past, Jerry Jones ain't buying green bananas. <laughs> I think that he looks at Dak Prescott as a good quarterback. Yeah. But he's a guy that has to have everything in place in order to compete and win at the highest levels. Which in lies the rub, because when you go up against teams like San Francisco or teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, you are not going to be the more talented team, and you need your quarterback or your head coach to be the difference. And in this situation, I think it's easier to find a head coach that can get you there rather than find a replacement for what Dak Prescott's bringing to the party. So, so Marcus, again, uh, the former Cowboy, and we always associate you on this show with all the things in Dallas. I, I think... It's not even worth asking, is Mike McCarthy's job on the line next season? That seems to be quite obviously the answer is yes. Do you believe the quarterback is his job is on the line next season in Dallas as well? Yeah, the decision got to be made, G, and it's based on his performance this year. And, and, and Chris mentioned the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. It, it, they have no more pressure than from anybody, but within their division with the team that's about to play in the Super Bowl, you got to you got to determine how far behind you are of the Philadelphia Eagles and what Howie Roseman has done with building a roster with a young quarterback that they probably going to have to pay this year, but still will be able to cap maneuver and keep some of those players obviously having that talent 
that's around him. Now, you lose a few things, obviously, when you sign a quarterback, and that's what we've been alluding to. When, when, when Dak got the money, there were parts of this roster that would have to be overcome by his ability and his play, and he has not ascended to that. But I also go to the other side of watching Dak Prescott play this year, and I know we talked about the Dallas Cowboys, and, gee, me and you had fights all season long about the mm. Cowboys and what they yeah. were and what they weren't. And they, they definitely overachieved after they lost Dak Prescott. But I continuously said this roster is not good enough. I wasn't comparing them to the rosters in the NFC. I was comparing them to the roster that was in their own division. It was not good enough. When you talk about talent, when you talk about guys that just make plays after catch, like Hembo sent me a stat. Like it, this needed to be an offense where Dak Prescott could get the ball out of his hands and guys could make plays with yards after the catch. This needed to be a high-volume play-action football team because they didn't have a lot of weapons on the outside that you would consider one-on-one wins and matchups. Look no further than Philly. They got all of that. And they got a quarterback that's athletic enough to get them out of trouble. That was the, that was the vaunted San Francisco 49ers defense we watched them put up 31 against. I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, and their quarterback didn't play well. Think about that. Think about where Dallas was at 13-3 when Dak Prescott entered this league to where they are now. This team is nowhere near being good enough to win a Super Bowl, let alone start talking about what they'll be when Mike McCarthy start calling plays. All right, we have much more to say about all of that as we continue the football. Obviously, two teams still with a chance to win the championship and everybody else with a lot of decisions to make, included among them the San Francisco 49ers. Might they be in the quarterback market? After the news we got yesterday, you'll hear what that is and why it might have a huge impact on the future of the greatest player of all time. Plus, LeBron sat last night. Luka made history. A huge night from the Maverick star. Puts him in the same sentence as the king this morning. And you'll hear why right after this. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals delicious meat nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there each one ounce serving has six grams of protein giving you over 10 percent of your daily value wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go and you're on the go a lot taking the kids to school hopping from meeting to meeting shopping for groceries well the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We are back on Get Up, and look who's here for the first time in too long. Tim Legler yes, is in. Yes, Got sir. a lot of basketball to do. Let's talk about Luka Doncic. Show me what he did last night, guys. Luka out a few days with the injury. He's back. Certainly no rust against the Pistons last night. He's the most dominant offensive player in the NBA. He's just there's no answer for what he can do, and and he gets cooking early. And he saw, you're going to see here in a minute. He gets a little bit of talking coming from that bench. And when you get some opposing talking to Luka Doncic, this is what you end up with. The reality of it is, when you look at what's around him and where his team is, he should absolutely be in the MVP conversation, despite the fact that his team probably won't finish at the very top. By the way, with that friendly role, he had 24 points in the first quarter. Now we're in the fourth, and he keeps going. Yeah, he keeps it going. The game, as you can see, they're still within a a one-possession game right here. Luka Doncic, he can just beat you anyway. He can post you, take you off the dribble, ice you, shoot you from deep. There, he takes advantage of a smaller matchup in the post. That one gave him four. 47. Now he's got 49. This is for 51 legs. Yeah, unstoppable. That's his go-to going left to the step back. Bogdanovich, very good defender and long, but not good enough for Luka. And then under a minute to go, this is still a two-point game. So they need every one of the 53 points that he finishes with. Absolutely unbelievable. One of the best clutch players in the NBA. And, and he, you can see he got fired up with all the trash talking that was going on. He a little bit more purpose to that game. He has five career 50-point games in the last 50 years. Michael Jordan and LeBron. LeBron James are the only other players with that many through their first five seasons. By the way, he has more 50-point games now than all other players in Mavericks history combined. We'll get Legler back in here on some of the big basketball stories in a moment. But first, Dan Graziano is here, and we will do overreaction Tuesday. So this is where I will say something that people are generally saying, and then you will tell me if that something is an overreaction. But people are saying officiating cost Cincinnati the AFC championship. Is that an overreaction? As it always is, yes. The officiating did not cost Cincinnati the AFC championship. But first of all, that underrates the job the Kansas City defense did, by the way, in the second half. How many times did Burrow get the ball back and you thought to yourself, okay, here we go, right? This is where the Bengals take over. And Kansas City was able to shut them down over and over and over again. There were calls early in the game that went Cincinnati's way that had the crowd in Kansas City all ticked off. Officiating is a game condition. You either overcome it or you don't. It did not cost Cincinnati. There were other things that did. That is always Dan's position. Next, with the hiring of uh, of, uh, um, Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator in L.A., if people are saying Justin Herbert's going to be the MVP next year, is that an overreaction? No, it's not an overreaction. How many times did Tannenbaum stand here last offseason and say he was going to be MVP this year? He has that kind of ability. Kellen Moore has a proven track record uh, of scoring points, and and Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore could be an outstanding match. I I think, obviously, as we go into next season, we'll see how the offseason unfolds, what the Chargers do at wide receiver, what kind of team they put around 
on Justin Herbert. But, yeah, he has that kind of ability. I don't think it's an overreaction to say that. And finally, with the news that Brock Purdy coming off of the injury the other day to the elbow may need surgery, maybe out six months or so. If, if I were to say the 49ers quarterback next year is on their roster right now, is that an overreaction? It's not an overreaction because they look at Brock Purdy and Trey Lance both as good, viable options for the future. Now, they're both going to be coming off significant injury, so it's hard to say exactly, you know, which, which if either of them will be ready to go. And, yes, there will be speculation, and justifiably so, about veteran addition, some really high-profile veteran mm. additions yeah. in San Francisco. But we can't assume that will happen, and, and we do know that the 49ers feel good about Brock Purdy and Trey Lance long-term. Well, I mean, when you say super high-profile, I mean, the two most legendary and accomplished quarterbacks <laughs> currently in the sport are both from Northern California, right? We know that. We know that Tom Brady is from there. We know that Aaron Rodgers is from there. And so let's engage in a little reckless speculation because it's fun and why not? Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to San Francisco. The, the Green Bay Packers would rather cancel the rest of their schedule than trade Aaron Rodgers to their arch rival. get an awful lot. But Tom Brady can go wherever he wants to go. Marcus, does Tom Brady to San Francisco make sense to you? You put Brady on the 49ers next year, are they the favorite to win the Super Bowl? No, they're not. And, and listen, did we not watch this game against the Philadelphia Eagles when they couldn't block a soul? Yeah. What is the main problem with Tom Brady? Are you going to fix the interior of this uh, offensive line? Are you going to tell Tom Brady, hey, man, we're going to hand it off a lot, but come here and play? And, and, and also, guys, who is the San Francisco 49ers downfield threat? I, wanted, I want y'all to tell me who that guy is because Tom Brady likes to push the ball downfield off of play action. Kyle Shanahan is phenomenal. We all know that. We all know he called plays uh, at a very high level. But does Tom Brady really fit this? Especially with what we saw happen to them against Philly. Now, if they revamp an offensive line and they're going to go more drop back playoff uh, play action and he's going to kind of formulate back into being who he was when he had Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, I'm all for it. But I don't see it. All right, let me try and sell my, my, my friend Mr. Canty here on okay. this Okay, well, you don't have to sell too hard. <laughs> okay. You don't have to sell too hard. Tell me why. No, I'm all in on Tom Brady being a San Francisco 49er, and I disagree with Marcus. From a scheme standpoint, this is Tom Brady getting back to his roots and what we saw with him in the New England Patriots when he made Wes Welker and Julian Edelman and guys like Danny Amendola a lot of money by taking advantage of slot option, shorter passing routes, West Coast offense concepts. So I think Tom Brady would blend well with what Kyle Shanahan is trying to build. The offensive line is a concern, but hey, we got to tell Kyle Shanahan stop letting backup tight ends block premier edge rushes in yeah. the league. That's what got Brock Purdy knocked out. So I do think that San Francisco should be in the market for a veteran quarterback because this team is in win-now mode. Christian McCaffrey ain't getting younger. Trent Williams ain't getting younger. When you look at all of those guys on the offensive side of the ball, you have to take advantage of the window that you've created right now. I'm with it. And then, Danny, just to sort of finish up the thought, I mean, everyone puts him in Vegas, which I understand because Josh McDaniels yeah. is there and they've got weapons. They have a terrible defense. If I'm Brady, mm -hmm. they just won a Super Bowl a few years ago in Tampa because of his defense. Mm -hmm. San Francisco has that. I'm not sure what other options he may have that could match that. Well, he has the option to retire and go make a bunch of money doing TV. Fair that enough. sounds pretty good. But, look, if he wants to play, yes, I, I think San Francisco will be something that will appeal to him. I think San Francisco appeals to any quarterback that's looking for a home at this point. When you think about Kyle Shanahan, when you think about Trent Williams, when you think about all those yards after catch guys. Uh, so I, I think he has to look at it, and they probably have to look at him. What has to happen? I mean, look. We know that if, if Tom Brady knew what he wanted to effing do, he would have effing done it already. Right? We talked about this last week. Right. So he has to decide first whether he wants to keep playing. 
and, and we'll find out. But but I don't think connecting him to San Francisco is wrong or irresponsible at all. Okay, no, it's reckless. I it's don't think re- it's even that reckless. <laughs> it's, it's not that reckless. But we are recklessly speculating because I like the name of the feature, and it we will continue to do it. All right, everyone stay where you are. I want to come back to that one as we go. But we got to talk about the other legendary quarterback, that's Aaron Rodgers. If he and the Packers are indeed headed for a divorce, there are many who think, dare I say it, that the Jets are the landing spot. I got one person here who disagrees with me. I'm just sending him out of the room next. (laughs) Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. on a busy morning get up on a Tuesday let's do some off-season bold predictions hey Dan Graziano where is Lamar Jackson going to play in 2023 we're getting bold let's say uh, the Atlanta Falcons I-, I think this makes a lot of sense they're looking for a quarterback they got a uh, creative offensive play caller there and Arthur Smith who needs somebody to um, you know to, to jazz things up uh, and the offense will build around him. I just it's as good a guess as any right now and really all we're doing is guessing uh, fair enough we are boldly predicting Marcus how about Derek Carr where's he going to play next year this is who I like for the San Francisco 49ers G mm. I think Derek Carr would fit right in with what Kyle Shanahan wants to do adds a little bit of a guy that can get out of harm's way number one and then two you talk about easy path for a quarterback it's no place that I would rather have a guy that's still young enough to have a couple years to try to take a strike at that thing with. Fair enough. Canty, how about Aaron 
Rodgers, where's he going to play next year? The Miami Dolphins. And I know you don't want to hear this, G, but no, this I don't. is going to be shades of what happened last year with Tyreek Hill. Now, Miami have to create some cap space by restructuring some of the longer-term deals. But where there's a will, there's a way. They put it out there that they're sticking with Tua, but there's no way they can have that degree of conviction when Tua's missed time in each of his first three seasons. So I think the Miami Dolphins makes a lot of sense for Aaron Rodgers. Going and hey, after his win down in Miami, he said he wouldn't mind playing for the Dolphins. So if, if by the Miami. Dolphins you mean the Jets, I love the sound <laughs> of that. Uh, Marcus, let me come back. Because I, that's not a name I've heard. You know, and, and, and if you missed it over the weekend, Shefty reporting that, that both sides, the Packers and Rodgers, feel as though there is a real possibility of a trade. And we'll dive into the reporting yeah. end of it in a minute. But let's just start with that, Marcus. I haven't heard Miami. If we, if we assume that the Packers want to get him out of the conference, there aren't that many options in the AFC, what makes sense to you? What's the best fit? I think the Jets are the best fit because of that defense. And the last time we saw Aaron Rodgers win a championship, he had a top five defense. He had a veteran, Charles Woodson, on the other side. He needs that support. Like, y'all, we, we, we know how great Aaron Rodgers is and we know how he's been. But defensively, the New York Jets are further along than the most – than most teams in the NFL, and they have young talent that they don't have to pay right away. Quentin Williams is up, but a couple of those guys still have time to continue to develop and continue to become as good as they can possibly be. There was a lot about the New York Jets this year that we saw that was very, very good. When you start talking about drafting Wilson and having those guys offensively, the run game before um, they, they lost the star rookie running back this year, all of those things kind of lead to who Aaron Rodgers needs to be around. Mm -hmm. um, that's the team that he talks about when he eludes the Green Bay and not wanting to be a part of a rebuild or a retool. And let's not even get to the point of the market. Like, we all know what that market is. We all know that Aaron Rodgers would be fine in the New York market. He'll make some people mad and piss them off like he do, like he did in Green Bay. It's hard to do that in Green Bay because don't nobody go there. But in New York, <laughs> he'll be fine. But I think this team, I think this team is better suited for Aaron Rodgers. The one caveat, G, and you know how I am about this, are you going to spend time with this offense before training camp. Mm -hmm. If he's going to do that, if you're telling me he all in and invested with getting with these young receivers and making it work, I would no doubt think that Aaron Rodgers going to the uh, AFC with the Jets would give them the best chance to get to a Super Bowl. He could actually teach them the offense because it's Nathaniel Hackett who is the new offensive coordinator, so that's a system with which <laughs> he's obviously intimately familiar. And Nathaniel Hackett, for those not aware, is a brilliant offensive-minded genius. <laughs> which he became the moment the Jets hired him as their offensive coordinator. Oh, so, Graziano, take yeah. me through this. We, we saw the, the reporting this weekend, and obviously it's, you know, an explosion. Shefty saying, well, you know, the Packers may want to go in a different direction here. The money and the age and the Jordan love of it all and all. So how do we expect this thing to progress as we go forward here? What's interesting about the possibility of an Aaron Rodgers trade is it's a lot easier for the Packers to do it cap-wise if they wait until after June 1st. Right. Now, what is it today? January 31st. That's a long way off. Mm. Like, if you're a team that wants Rodgers, are you willing to put your other plans on hold? How confident do you feel that you will eventually get him? He is a mercurial individual. Like, what if he changes his mind? Good word. So, yeah, I, I think it's I, – I think that's – but you can do it, right? I mean, the Packers can swing it. At the new team would, would inherit the – $58 million, whatever, and, and be able to spread that out for cap purposes. So you take a big cash hit this year. Uh, what, the, what the Packers would need in return, 
you know, that becomes an interesting question for a 38, 39-year-old player that, um, that you that everyone have knows for that, one year. That, that if they're on the trade market, everyone knows they have to get rid of yeah. it. And financially, he, he can... He will control this circumstance. Yes. He doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract, but for all intents and purposes, he might as well. Because if he just says, well, you trade me to this team, I'm not going to play there, Correct. then the trade doesn't happen. So I don't think the compensation will wind up being as much as people are speculating. i got 15 seconds left here. Have we convinced you? No, you haven't convinced me. I mean, listen, Miami is a playoff team. Yeah. And that's despite their quarterback missing parts of six games. That's a third of the season. But Gee. the Jets were playing for the second to last week of the season, and that's despite their quarterbacks being the worst in the entire National Football League. Yeah, but the Jets are not used to nice things, Greeny. I understand you want that for yourself, but it's probably not going to it's happen. It's the first time for everything. Enjoy Nathaniel Andy. Hackett being your OC. He's a genius. Okay, we have much more on all of that as we go. Marcus, stay close by, but we've got to get back to the best. Timmy Langler is in our studio this morning. Let's get back to the hoops. And let's start by watching, you know what? Every night in the NBA, you might see something, Legs, that has never happened before. And last night, we did. It was Damian Lillard and DeJounte Murray putting on a show. How about Dame from downtown? How about Dame? averaging 35 points a game in the month of January. He has been on a heater, and, and this was a back and forth between Murray and Lillard all night. But both of them went over 40 points and zero turnovers. It's the first time in history two players in the same game did that. He was magnificent last night, was DeJounte Murray. Five minutes to play. It's a four-point game. Lillard, spectacular. Yeah, going left, step back. Got the lines to 17 free throws made last night as well, but does some damage with five threes. <laughs> the fans can't believe it. Three minutes to play. Hawks are down by eight. It's Murray. It's Bogdanovich in the corner. Again, Murray, 40 points, 13 of 26 shooting. Hawks within five, but in the end, it was too much Dane. Yeah, no lead is safe in, in the modern NBA with all of these threes being taken, but Lillard took over at the end of the game. It's crazy. You think about where, where the Portland is in the West. They're in 12th place, two losses behind four. Yeah. They can climb eight spots with a good week. Yeah, the, the entire West is just that kind of jam. Let's run the floor through some of the other action. Steph Curry had 38 last night. Warriors have won three straight. Are they getting it going? Yeah, they are. And best news, Clay Thompson is officially back. He is doing it every single night now. He's consistent. This has to be the most dangerous 500 team at this point in the season in NBA history. Mm -hmm. Do not count the Warriors out. They are starting to get it together. And they got Wiggins back again, too. I want to talk more about them in a minute. But first, let's talk about the Sixers. They had a seven-game winning streak. They had a huge lead last night and then lost to Orlando. How about Philly right now? Yeah, look up complacency and addiction you will see the Sixers last night in the second half. I watched the first half of this game and I turned it off. I couldn't believe when I followed up later and saw what the score was. How much you want to take on the Sixers on Wednesday night because they play this team again in the same building. I'll take the money line in that one on the Sixers. They've got to be pretty upset with that loss. And we opened the show this morning showing you this here in Brooklyn. No AD, no LeBron. Nets got the win. Kyrie Irving has been playing pretty well since, uh, not pretty well, very well since Kevin Durant got yeah, he's hurt. He's been sensational. He has taken over this team offensively, and, and Brooklyn is a team when they get everybody back, and you're going to see this run down the stretch after the All-Star game. There's no question that they have to be considered a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference. Now, for what it's worth, no LeBron last night, no KD last night. It's 11 straight times now their teams have played each other and they didn't go head to head last time these two were both on the court was when the Lakers beat the Warriors on Christmas Day of 2018 so we haven't seen the two of the preeminent players of their generation going head to head now you made the point earlier that the West is so jammed up that while the Lakers are in 13th place they're like a decent week away from being in the top four 
is there a move, one move out there that they can make before the deadline that would make this team a legitimate contender? They have to add shooting, and you've heard Eric Gordon's name a lot. I think they have to do whatever it takes to get him. I think Houston right now is still trying to make this a seller's market. They're mm. trying to get a little bit more for Eric Gordon, and maybe he's worth right now. Now, you look at his numbers. They're down a little bit this year. He's only averaging 12 points a game. It's the lowest three-point percentage I think he's had in maybe a decade. But here's the thing. He's playing on a team that every night does not have a chance to compete. If you don't think that affects a guy mentally, if you put Eric Gordon in a Lakers uniform, I think you're going to see a resurgence and most importantly gives them exactly what they need a big-time floor spacer who could also get his own shot if LeBron or AD on the bench. You can run your offense through him as well. Do what it takes to get him. Bogdanovich in, in Detroit would be another guy I would strongly consider. Bottom line is they need shooting more than anything else. They need a reliable guy that's got playoff experience. That's why I think Eric Gordon should be at the top of the list. It's worth pointing out, you know, LeBron, we talk about the chase for the record and everything else. He, he is playing at a first-team All-NBA level at the age of 38. That's not something we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. So he's been remarkable. Let's go back to Kyrie, though, uh, as they win last night. Again, they're now 4-6 and six since KD got hurt, so they are very much treading water. Let's expand on the thought you gave. If and when those two guys, well, I guess the three of them with Ben Simmons for whatever exactly that is, yeah. is this a team you could see actually winning the East? Yes, I could. And I think there's, there's, a, there's several teams, obviously, in that category. Boston's been the best team in the league all year. Milwaukee, obviously, floating around Philadelphia, Brooklyn. It's one of those four teams. When you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at the top of your roster, and you look at the growth of some of these other guys, you look at what Nick Claxton is doing now every single night as a reliable you know, rim runner. Ben Simmons, for all of his issues, I think they have finally figured out what to do with him to max out his value, which is take him off the floor in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's the best way to utilize Ben Simmons because he can help your team win. But this is the best stretch I think Kyrie Irving has had since he got to Brooklyn. I mean, he looks locked in, engaged, he's healthy. And now you add a Kevin Durant to the mix with very fresh legs, by the way, with this break he's getting right now. How can you not consider Brooklyn a contender? No, absolutely. Ky Kyrie has been terrific. He's in, a, in every way in a contract year, which also you figure will uh, motivate uh, to some degree. And then it's quite a statement when you make about Ben Simmons. The best way you can do is when the game is being decided, make sure he's nowhere near the floor. But that's a whole other conversation. Right. It's hard to disagree. Uh, let's go back to Philly. Again, it, it's hard to say it coming off of a loss like they had last night to Orlando. But the way they have been playing, Right now, we, we were doing countdown on Saturday. I think the general consensus was they're the biggest threat to Boston in the Eastern Conference. Do you see it that way? I wouldn't see it that way. I'd still say Milwaukee. Here's why. Look, if the playoffs started today, they'd be the favorite because they're intact right now. But I think when you see eventually Milwaukee gets back to full strength, I still think Milwaukee and Boston are two teams I would take ahead of them. I just like their continuity and role definition. And here's what it's always going to come down to for the Philadelphia 76ers. Do you bet on James Harden in the biggest moments within series in the Eastern Conference? When you play those other teams, we're talking about Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, potentially, and it's a 2-2 series, and you got that game at home in a game five. Do you count on James Harden to be exactly the same guy he's been in the regular season? Or do you have one of these head-scratching nights? And if you have one of those, you can't survive it. And he just has to prove everybody wrong now at this point. He's playing great right now. Yeah. They look unbeatable some nights offensively. And they have the best offensive quartet 
in the Eastern Conference, when you include Maxi and Tobias Harris, it's a pretty, pretty good top four. But, it, again, it gets down to Harden in those moments. Do you count on him? We, we will talk much more hoops with legs as the morning goes on. But I will apologize on his behalf if he seems a little cranky this morning. It is because as a lifelong Commanders fan, why were you telling me that this is just your worst nightmare? It's just, i got to watch this again. We just lived through this five years ago with the Eagles. And, well, we got to do it all over again. I thought them winning the Super Bowl was the worst day of my life, and I was wrong. Because then I watched the parade. <laughs> that was even worse. So now we might have to live it again. And I said it starting in week three. Nobody's beating this team. They're going to win the Super Bowl, and I've got to live through it. As a division rival, living in that area, that's a very difficult proposition. Poor legs. We will do the best we can to cheer them up as the morning continues. In the meantime, we've got good basketball coming your way tomorrow night. You're going to see the best in the East. You're going to see Tatum and the Celtics. You're going to see Kyrie in the Nets. And that's followed up by Trey Young leading the Hawks against Chris Paul and Phoenix. Coverage will tip with NBA Countdown at 7 on ESPN and the ESPN app. As we continue, if adversity breeds strength, Jalen Hurts must be a very strong man. Why every step of his football journey has prepared him like maybe no one before for the biggest game of his life. That's next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We're back, and it is the new game that is sweeping the nation. It is Yes! <laughs> can he? Yes! Or can't he? Here we go, Chris. Uh, can uh, Jalen Hurts outplay Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? Can he or can't he? He can, G, and it's because Jalen Hurts doesn't have to go up against that Eagles defense. Pat Mahomes does, and that Eagles defense is tops in defensive efficiency in the postseason. They're tops in sacks per dropback, and... They're tops in opponent QBR. I think that Eagles defense gives Pat Mahomes a lot of problems. We know how good they are rushing the quarterback. Jalen Hurts doesn't have to deal with all of that going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, let's talk about the Kansas City defense because Chris Jones might have been the best player on the field on Sunday. Can he dominate against the Eagles offensive line? No, I don't think he can't. He can't. can't. He can't. 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 He can't. With a capital T. Right. Because you have to earn the right to rush the passer, and the Philadelphia Eagles don't let you do that because they run the football. It's hard to rush the quarterback on second and four or third and two. And the Eagles, through two playoff games, have 416 yards rushing, Mm. seven rushing touchdowns, and they've only allowed two sacks in two postseason games. Let's talk about those two guys. Can Nick Sirianni outcoach Andy Reid? Can he or can't he? He can, and we've seen it before in the Super Bowl. Think back to the Super Bowl with the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson in 2017. Think about it. Philly special. That was an 
example of a, a less experienced coach out coaching one of the goats in Bill Belichick. I think that Nick Sirianni has demonstrated those traits. His team is always really good in situations. They've scored eight touchdowns and 11 red zone trips this postseason. And you're talking about them having the second best third down conversion rate in the playoffs. It's really a phenomenal matchup. Again, these two teams, the best in their conferences, one against one. And then speaking of one of one, the story, the journey that Jalen Hurts has taken from where he began to this point is really remarkable. Remember, he was 26-2 at Alabama, but got benched during his final start with the Tide in the 2018 championship game. You know that Tua helped rally that team to win. Jalen Hurts was right by his side. He was a second-round pick out of Oklahoma, eventually replaced the former number two overall pick, Carson Wentz, as the Eagles' starting quarterback. That came late in his rookie year. And then this season, Philly has gone 16-1 and when Hurts has been their starting quarterback. After an MVP caliber year, Hurts at the age of 24 could become the fourth youngest quarterback to start a Super Bowl. And our friend Marcus Spears, I think, put it so well when he tweeted, bruh, I watched Jalen Hurts get pulled from a national championship, celebrate his teammate Tua after throwing a game winner. Never blinked, adjusted, went to OU and balled, and now going to a Super Bowl. Rumble, young man, rumble. From day one, built the right way. And here we are. And, Marcus, I'd like to ask you to expand on that again. For those who don't know, Marcus used to cover the SEC specifically for us at ESPN. So you lived in the minutia of this day in and day out. Jalen Hurts, who was the son of a coach, when you say he was born for this, the growth he has made from that night to where he will be a week from Sunday, pick up on that thought, Marcus. Gee, it kills me to say this because it's Philadelphia, but I, I love the journey and I love the guy who Jalen Hurts has been um, for for the entirety of the time that I had a chance to meet him um, at the University of Alabama. Remember, this guy was the offensive player of the year in the SEC as a freshman, um, went toe-to-toe in the national championship. Like, this is not uncommon for Jalen Hurts in his own kind of journey to be in big moments and be in big games. But you always, you know, as much as we talk about college football and the landscape of it right now, and I like examples like this because it is a transfer that went on to have success because it was the right situation for him. But it is also a guy in his current when he was at Alabama that handled every situation the right way. Jalen Hurts' career is accredited to his family, his mother and father, because this dude is built. He's a coach's son, but he's built to deal with adversity as well as anybody that I think I've ever seen at a young age. And that's saying a lot, because I've been around a lot of great players. I was around Chris. Chris, highly intelligent. We came in together. We were around a lot of mature guys when we were drafted into Dallas. I'm not sure if I've ever seen one as mature as this young man. And we knew if you covered him in the SEC, you knew he was going to get better. This is who he is. This is his character. This is who he's been from day one. Every single year that I've watched Jalen Hurts play football, he's been a better quarterback than the previous year. This is his track record, and that is not going to stop. And we've had conversations about if Philly should pay him, what should they do with him. This is a home run when you start talking about leading a guy that's going to be committed to the work and continue to get better. It, it is one of the most phenomenal journeys that I've seen from a guy in college his freshman year to where we are now. He's about to play to a Super Bowl. And, gee, it is not a mistake. It's yeah. not happenstance. It's not, it's not something that, you know, just came once in a while. Lightning is not striking. 
Jalen mm. Hurts is going to continue to grind wood, and I'm sure he'll find himself in this position a few more times. And, yeah, and, and he could wind up finding himself a very rich man very oh, soon. Oh, yeah. Right? What, what, he, he, they, they could do the deal here. He's they could do the deal today if they, they want to. do the deal today if they right. want to. What are we expecting to happen there? I think the Eagles and Jalen Hurts will engage in contract negotiations this offseason. I think there's been probably some preliminary contact already. I think we're looking at a guy who's going to make north of $50 million a mm-hmm. year. $50 million a year. Uh, so North of. I, I, north, north of that. <laughs> that's, a, that's an outstanding direction, geographically yes. speaking. North. And, and, you know, let's, it's not just, okay, so the emotional, the cycle, all that stuff. Yep. The, the, the improvement as a passer is the thing I'm not sure I've ever seen before because he had the character, he had the maturity, he had the leadership and all of that. But he, candidly, he wasn't good enough at passing to be a, a top-level NFL quarterback. Coming out of college, he didn't look that way. Early in his NFL career, there were questions. Somehow he went from that to what he is now. The growth in his ability to throw the football has been as as significant as anything I can think of in any player I've ever watched. There's no question about that, G. And just think about it. It's the sports character of the player that's allowed him to ascend to this level. Because you talk about him be struggling as a downfield passer. Yes. This is not just early on in his NFL career. That's what happened down in Alabama. That's yeah. why he had to transfer to Oklahoma because Tua stepped in during that national championship game and then all of a sudden unlocked Alabama's downfield passing game. So you see the player transition to the NFL and take it upon himself after having success in his first full season as a starter, yeah. going to the playoffs. The organization built this around Jalen Hurts. They got A.J. Brown, a number one receiver, but Jalen Hurts took it upon himself to go work with Tom House this past offseason right. to develop that aspect of his game. And that's why all of the people in that building respect what he's done this season. I got what? 10 seconds. What do I need to do to get better? And I guarantee you, even if he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to ask himself that question this offseason yes, as well. Sir. There are a lot of people feeling awfully yes, good for that young man who will start again. He'll be one of the youngest starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. In the meantime, no one needs the week off right now more than his counterpart, Patrick Mahomes. Why every day off his injured ankle could mean more headaches for the defense he will face. We're counting it down to the Super Bowl. Let's get up on ESPN.